Hi, my name is Amber Miller, and welcome to Be Still Be Free again. <laughs> this is the second week in a row that Monica has not hit record. Well, and this okay. is take two. There's two record buttons. You have to push the R and then record. And I've hit rec- so I've hit record. So pardon the, the pause because I just wanted to double check that we were in fact we, recording. What we're doing here is we're practicing Sarah's uh, practical application, which is pause. <laughs> That's right, everybody. In the patience. Pause. We're practicing patience this week, people. <laughs> so hello and welcome to Be Still Be Free. My name is Amber Miller. If you can't tell, I'm here today with Monica Steely and Sarah Goody. I'm not going to do the hello that I did the first time because nobody laughed so whatever <laughs> that's why that's why we did take one was to get that out of your system before people are actually listening someone made a comment about us not being slap happy yet and I was like there's still one more yeah that's so right. don't worry that's exactly right. it'll Watch happen out. so we are in our part two of our series be fruitful mm-hmm. um, we have talked about patience kindness and goodness and um, if you're new to our podcast we, we like to do um, a women of the Bible yeah. episode uh, we actually spent the entire year last year going through women of the Bible and we loved it so much that we've decided to incorporate that into our it's our hard series. to believe that that was a year ago that we started that because I, I had something pop up in my Facebook as a memory of when we were doing one of the women and I was just like I cannot believe that was a year ago it was like last month right ridiculous no, ridiculous yeah, I know so um We've really we we really enjoy doing the woman of the Bible. So mm-hmm. we we've kind of taken it upon ourselves to each find a woman of the Bible that correlates yep. to the fruit of the spirit that we're talking about. Yeah. So um, we'll kick it off with Sarah, yeah, who um, talked about patience. Yes, so I get to go first again. Yay for you! Um, Yay me! Okay, so I chose Hannah mm-hmm. for patience. I think Hannah is. Have in we fact, talked about Hannah before. No. Okay. I can't believe that. Yeah. yeah. And in fact, when I chose Hannah, it was just the story that I saw and knew that I thought would be so great. And I found an article that basically was all about Hannah and how she was patient. And oh, so goodness. I thought, well, that was just confirmation that this is how we're going to go. Um, and so I will link to the articles that I used um, because I think they'd be really great for anyone to want to read. But um, it was Bible Gateway crosswalk and um another one called women in the bible they're just Mm -hmm. really good so i want to start off with just you know me i love to do some fun facts of my girls um hannah is from hebrew you can find her story in first samuel um the first couple of chapters are where you're going to find her her name is from hebrew and it means gracious or graciousness she is one of two wives of elkanah um even though these were believers at this time um Polygamy was a very well-practiced um, uh, cultural norm. Um, she had been barren and then dedicated her firstborn back to God after he was weaned. Only saw him once a year. His name was... Samuel. Samuel. Um, she had five other children after Samuel, all of whom renamed nameless. She was given a very hard time by the other wife, Penina. Penina. We're going to call her Penny. Okay. Penny, Penny. I like it. We're going to call her Penny. Hannah was the fourth woman in biblical history to suffer through infertility. Mm. I find it very interesting how infertility is spoken about 
in the Bible and how many women suffered from it. Right. Um, before Hannah, three other women endured the despair of not being able to conceive. Sarah was the first, followed by Rebecca and then Rachel. However, Hannah accepted God's promise with unwavering faith. The other three did not. And I thought that was really interesting too, because the other three manipulated their situations, right? Because right? um, God had made promises to them and whatnot. And then they were, you know, laughed at God. There's no way you think about Sarah, how she laughed. Um, and they manipulated the situation. Hannah didn't. She just had unwavering faith. Um, again, Sarah laughed at the angel's proclamation. Rebecca questioned if all is well, why am I like this? As her twins struggled in the womb, Rachel gave the responsibility to her husband, but Hannah trusted God without doubt or concern. Her reverent fear of the Lord was just one of the more qualities of her godly character. Mm. Okay, so here she is as an example of patience, okay? Hannah, because remember, what would we talk about? First of all, the Bible verse for patience was slow to speak, slow to quick to, quick listen. to listen, and um, slow, slow to, to anger, right? Um, and we talked about how you need to pray, you need to pause, and you need to prepare, right? Those were our three ways of, of finding patience. Hannah did not lash out in response to Penny for her ridicule of being barren. Penny ridiculed Hannah, made fun of, like threw it in her face all the time because Penny um, or Hannah was thought to have been the more favored wife, the more beautiful wife, um, the one that um, Elkanah really loved the most. Mm -hmm. But here's Penny giving him all these babies, right? And so in those days, all of your mm -hmm. glory was in the children that you bore, correct? Right. So literally Penny would just ridicule Hannah about this on a constant level. Um, but the, it literally says Hannah did not lash out in response to Penny for her ridicule. In fact, she kept her mouth shut. Mm, she pause. was slow to speak. Pause. pause that we were okay. Once Penny had given Hannah such a hard time, she was so fed up with it. Like, I can't remember where they were, but Penny was just going and going and going at Hannah. And Hannah was just like, I'm done. I can't handle it anymore. So what would you and I usually do? Like, we'd stand up for ourselves. Right. We'd let them know how we felt about the <laughs> situation. What do you think she did? She went to the temple and prayed. Oh, my gosh. There's your prayer. Okay. Yeah. Now, she didn't just go to the temple and, and mildly, quietly sit down on her knees and pray. Like, she cried out right. to God. Um, and this is actually how Eli even comes into the picture because right. he thought she was drunk. Yeah. Like, right. that's how I think about the joy, you know, mm -hmm. like how you said you literally hear it. Like, she loved God and had such faith in him that she could not contain herself. Like, just her grief was so consuming and she didn't take it out on anybody else. She just laid it at God, but she wrestled with him. Yeah. Yeah. And she was angry and she was frustrated and she cried and she did not hold it in. Right. She took it to her God. So this is where Eli hears her emotions and thinks, oh my gosh, this woman is drunk in the temple of God. Um, then once he realizes that she's not, he prays over her to be given a son. Interestingly enough, when you're in turmoil and you are just raw, well, how would, how would you react if somebody came up to you and go, oh, my God, are you drunk? You know, like, that's literally what he's yeah. saying. Like, are you just right. crazy? You know, and she's like, once I again, people making fun of me. I think yeah, a lot of too. yeah. And once again, she doesn't even get mad at Eli for this understanding. She spoke graciously to him. So, again, pause. Right. Right. right? 
And then her husband, Elkanah, was trying to console her after she's having this meltdown about how I can't conceive. Um, and he's like, hey, but aren't I worth more than 10 sons? Like, <laughs> he's trying to say, aren't I important? Aren't I enough for you? If it's just the two of us, are I not enough? <laughs> That's right. And you think about what we would say (laughs) if our husbands were like, I I can remember one time Chris and I were going at it about something and he's like, well, I could be like, and he started naming this, you know, other husbands, right? Thinking like, I'm, but I'm not that. Yeah. Yeah. And I can just remember him saying that and me just being like. Well, I would have never married you if you were like that, you know, and that going on and on. And so, but, but Hannah didn't do that. Hannah, in, in the Bible, there's no response recorded that mm. Hannah said to Elkanah in that moment. And instead, she ends up back at the shrine or the temple wow. praying. Um, so I feel like not only did Hannah pray, but she prayed often. Yeah. She paused often. Yeah. But the only way she could have pay, prayed and paused often is she was prepared. Yeah. Right. Right. Her faith was unwavering. She right. was prepared for the moment before the moment. Right. Um, and so I, I just thought this was perfect. This was a perfect person yes. who really had every right to be angry at everybody around them, yeah. stand her cause, you know, whatever. And she didn't do it. And so there's this final paragraph that I wanted to read. And this was from one of the articles from Penny's harsh treatment of Hannah. We discover how a thoughtless unloving word of ours can give sorrow to others. How necessary it is to guard our tongues from Hannah's conduct under much provocation. We first of all learned that the heart of God is a comforting retreat for a sorrowful soul. Whatever our particular sorrow may be, the man of sorrows waits to undertake. Hannah cried or Hannah carried her trial and yearning to God in prayer. And she teaches us something about the necessity for for form and the spirit of intercession. Mm. Compare her silent heart prayer with Psalm 1914. From Eli, who misjudged Hannah, we learn not to be too hasty in our conclusions. And that reminds me of how we we talked about, you know, pause from judging, pause from assuming. So from Eli, we, um, who misjudged Hannah, we learn not to be too hasty in our conclusions. Too often we wrong others by misinterpreting their motives. And Hannah's mild and dignified defense of her character, we learn how to defend our rights in all humanity. Man. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. You know what I love about that is that the patience didn't go the way I thought it was going to be with Hannah. Yeah. Like she was patient and then therefore she got what her heart really desired. Right. But it was more... How, how her patience was manifested through it. It's how she Instead waited. Instead of the end result. It's how yeah, she waited. It's that. not the fact that she waited. Right. It was how she waited. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So I, I love just a little that, twist where it doesn't I go know, to death. I know, I know, I know. So good. Isn't that good? Yes, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, kindness. Who's our kind lady? <laughs> I hope mine sounds good. Um, so I picked Lydia, which... I, I didn't actually know who Lydia was before I found her when I was researching. I like, just know linens and purple. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah. yeah. Um, so Lydia, I'll give you a few little details about Lydia. Um, she uh, was an Asianatic. Actually, I have no idea what that word is. She was from Asia. Um, and um, <laughs> she was Asian. <laughs> she was Asian. That's it's just a weird phrasing. Um, the city that she was in was Thyatria. Um, 
I don't know why I can't say anything. Well, um, it might be because it's a little weird. <laughs> it's like me saying penny. But this city is actually a city of of Lydia. And so a lot of people think that her name wasn't actually Lydia oh, because she was, oh, that so she was from Lydia from being from there. Exactly. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the woman from Lydia. The, yeah. So a lot of people are like, that don't think that it is. That was actually the Asianic from Lydia. Yeah. The Lydian Asian. Which makes it a little bit more interesting to yeah, me. Almost that, a little mis- like Yeah. A little bit more mysterious. Yeah. Like who Who's really was lady? she? <laughs> Who's that lady over there? <laughs> So, um, we don't a little slap happy. I know. I know. We know. I'm going to bring it in and be slow to speak. There you go. (laughs) Pause. Pause. It's all good. It's good. So, um, we don't know a ton about Lydia's background, um, but that she was not Jewish. She wasn't, um, yeah, she wasn't originally, um, Jewish, but she did convert to Christianity when she met. Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that we know about Lydia is that she was a businesswoman. Ooh. So, Theatria, where she lived, was really well known for dyeing um, clothing. Mm. The, um, let's see. So, the water of this area was so well adapted for dyeing that no other place could produce the scarlet cloth out of which fizzes were so brilliantly and permanently dyed. This unique purple dye brought the city universal renown. Lydia was a well-known seller of this product and typifies a successful businesswoman in a prosperous city. You have always had the best look at finding like strong women, businesswomen, like mm-hmm. in, in your women. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Deborah. Deborah was. Uh-huh. Aquila. Yeah. I don't know. And all mine are unnamed. <laughs> Technically, will be the case in five minutes. Lydia is maybe a well, name. That's true. So, that's there you go. Oh, that's so funny. But yeah, she was, and I. Yeah, that's right. And I didn't mean to do that. But um, what I really liked about that. So basically, Lydia. Um, she's only mentioned a few times in the New Testament, but what's. Um, what stands out about her is that basically Paul and Silas are locked away, and they. Uh, they need a place to stay once they get out of prison. Mm-hmm. And she wants them to come and stay with her. And as a result, uh, she and her entire family, her entire household, come to know the Lord and get That's baptized. Crazy. Yeah. And people think that she was a catalyst for a lot of the things that Paul says in the New Testament. See, mm. Seeds of kindness. Mm-hmm. Ex- that's exactly right. Um, and so just a few things to point out about her. In the midst of being a successful businesswoman, being incredibly busy, being the head of, not the head necessarily, but being a matriarch of a yeah, household, yeah. Um, she still took the time to invest in Paul and Silas, mm-hmm. you know, to show that kindness to them yep. beyond just being nice. Like we talked about earlier, she could have been polite, and nice, but she went above and beyond and um, invited them to stay in her home. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, another thing that I read was, um, okay, this is from the women of the Bible book. Lydia's transformation of life was evidenced by her eagerness to give missionaries the hospitality of her fine home. Truth in her heart was manifested in kindness to each other as they ought to be. Be ye kind to one another. 
First came Lydia's faith, then the winning of her servants to Christ, then her love and gracious hospitality, and finally her reception of Paul and Silas into her home after their discharge from prison. Bruised and battered though they were, she was not ashamed of the Lord's prisoners. While benefiting from Lydia's, Lydia's generous hospitality, Paul warned all present of the terrible trials before them, and then, parting from godly Lydia, praised God for all she had meant to him and his companions. Mm. Isn't that That's neat? Great. That's awesome. Yeah. So I thought Lydia was really cool, and she just demonstrated, yep. like, godly kindness and going above and beyond. She looked right. it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because niceness, like, talking about the difference between kind and nice, niceness would have been, like... Oh, sorry. Like talking to them after they got out or like, uh, you know, like, oh, how are you exactly. doing? Is everything or okay? Even maybe yeah. giving them some clothes. You know, yeah. she's this wealthy Here's, a, here's a little meal. Yeah. You know. But she yeah. was like all in yeah. and investing in She them. saw a need. And that's kind of that commitment that we yeah. talked about with kindness, too. It's a much larger commitment than just... You know, yeah, yeah, being nice to someone, yeah, it was dominant, like you said, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. So I love that. I thought she was cool. That's an awesome. I, had, I literally knew nothing that. about her. Yeah, <laughs> I've always loved the I name Lydia. I, I do yeah. like the name. If I had another girl, I might have done Lydia. Lydia, just think it's so pretty. It, it is, is very pretty. pretty. And now you know it may not mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> She's named after an ancient city. Yeah, that's not beautiful. Funny. Kind people came from there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Okay. Well, so um, I have a woman that represents goodness, and her story is found in 2 Kings 5, and she's the maid of Naaman's wife. And I don't even have a name for... She doesn't have a name, and I don't think Naaman's wife was given a name in this story either. How so, funny is that? Yeah. Two unnamed women for the price of one. <laughs> um, so Naaman would... And I, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but it's spelled like my daughter's name with two A's, so I'm going with Naaman. I just think like it I is. I think I've always I heard it, Naaman. Thank you. I think Thank you. So is. don't call her Jana anymore. I know. So, you know, so I, funny story here, side note, squirrel... Um, we have a friend whose name is Jana, J-A-N-A. Yeah. And then there's Jana. Yeah. But they're two very unique names, yeah. right? But whenever I say one, I have to really think about which name which I'm one? saying because it's so easy. I know. And I even think about the spelling. Yeah. So I have, when I've looked at Jana, I told her recently because she was on the trip, I'm like, I'm sorry, I've got a friend with a daughter named Jana. And even though I've known you for 20 years, I have to think twice before I say your I name yeah. and I get caught up on it sometimes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. That double A. Okay, sorry. Um, So Naaman was a commander of the army um, of Syria. So he worked for the king of Syria and his army. And the maid that was served his wife was previously lived in Israel, but she had been kidnapped from Israel during one of the raids from the Syrian army. Mm -hmm. So she's a young girl, like probably early teens, kidnapped from her home. Um, It says that Naaman was a mighty man of valor, but he was also a leper. Mm. And so, as the maid is um, talking with the with Naaman's wife, um, there's only one sentence that she speaks in the story, and she, the the maid says, "I wish my master Naaman would go to see the prophet in Samaria, who is Elisha. He would heal him of his leprosy." So she says this to the wife. The wife says this to Naaman, and Naaman says, "Huh? Like I validate like." He sure. took her at her word, like believed what she had to say. So he goes to the king and says, can I go find this prophet so that I can try to get some healing? Um, the king gives his permission. So he goes to find Elisha and Elisha tells him, 
through a servant, go dip yourself in the Jordan seven times. Mm-hmm. So this is where that story comes yeah. from, um, which he's all like, like, that's dumb. Like I just yeah. go dip myself in my own river, my own country, <laughs> yeah. right, whatever. But he does what he's told and he's healed of his leprosy. So Naaman then says, behold, I know there is no God in all the earth, but Israel. And he commits to worship the one true and living God. Um, and so here is how we know that the young maid displayed the character of goodness. So she was a believer. Um, she knew that only one thing could bring miraculous healing, and that was God himself. She was obviously very familiar with Elijah and then Elisha. Um, the Bible Gateway uses these exact words to describe her. Her love of God inspired her to love her masters and then to win her way into their affection and confidence. She never hid her light under a bushel. Hmm. She saw a place in Naaman. This is my own interpretation now. So she saw a place in Naaman that was disorderly and chaotic, like his physical yeah. yeah. body. Yeah. Also his heart. Yeah. And knew that only one light could bring restoration and wholeness, and she wasn't afraid to share it. Macintosh McKay says she evidently belonged in spirit to that sisterhood who believe in doing a kind action every day. Mm. Um, And what I just love is that her willingness to share the knowledge of the prophet that could bring healing was the way that she shone the light, which ended up bringing his salvation and like bringing him under like the one true and living God. Right. And so like, it's just such a good act of kindness. I mean, of goodness to do that. Like she's like, I know the one true way. And if you heal if he heals you, then you will believe in the one true way too. So it was like, it brought a moral conviction and a moral compass of right and wrong in the good way versus. And it wasn't in the finger wagging way. Like we talked about, it was like, I wish you would do this for your own benefit. You know, Right. That's What's interesting. interesting about your two women and talking about fruits is that the fruit that your women um, planted and shared in, resulted in salvation of other people. They did. Right. It's it, Yeah. Which is what it's supposed to be for. Yeah. Um, I love how... Um, her goodness to suggest Elisha is a way to heal was like was a display of her deliberate preference of right to wrong, regardless of how she came to be in their home, how, regardless of how she was taken away from her own land. She didn't hold back goodness out of spite or anger. She still knew that she had a solution and that her moral integrity would not allow her to keep it quiet or hidden. And I think so often awesome. it's so easy for us to get caught up in that. Yeah. Be like, well, I shouldn't be here and this happened to me and this yep. happened to me. And so yeah. therefore I'm going to just withhold yep. um, when that's not what God calls us to yeah. like even in spite of kidnapping being yeah. forced to be a slave in another country um she just was like i still know yeah. i still know the right yeah. thing to do here and so i'm gonna do it reminds me of um the story i did with david what was the the girl's name um abigail yeah when yes she was in the abusive relationship but stayed in it like she knew the right thing to do and until she was released from it yeah. You know, like, it's just amazing, these women, because it's yeah. so counterintuitive to, I think, what so many of us are yeah. today. Like, we're running to the happy. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, we're running yeah. to what we feel what's good easy. doing and what's more easy. Yeah. Because the staying isn't always the easy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it says a lot, too, about... Um, about her character before this point. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, she was such a true worshiper and a true... Prepared. She was prepared. Yeah, she was definitely prepared. Like, she knew the truth, mm-hmm. and she knew the truth that would set him free right. of his physical and spiritual bondage. Yep. And so she wasn't afraid to share that. And it just goes to show how those fruits of the Spirit are a supernatural manifestation yeah. that come from the Holy Spirit. Because in her humanity... 
in her humanity, she was, according to the world, would have been very well deserved to not have right. said a word and right. to just let him suffer. Right. I mean, he may have been, we don't know, he may have been the one that kidnapped her. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. Right. But she obviously knew God, believed in God, but was also still manifesting fruit to the wife and to Naaman yep. in the house for them to even believe her and take her at yep. her word yep. and follow through with That's that. That's true. And so displaying that character all along so that when the time was right, she could display goodness and it bring restoration and shine light to Love the it. place. Yeah. Very good. There was one quote that I read, and I don't even remember where I wrote it. Sorry, y'all, if you hear my dog slurping up for water in the background. Um, By a fitly spoken word, performed a good whose influence shall be incalculable and everlasting. Mm, Because as a commander of the army, how many people did he then influence? That's right. To come to know the God of Israel. That's right. So... I love it. I love it. Drop the mic. Boom. Boom. Mic drop. Women of the Bible. Women of the Bible. Gosh, I love these episodes. These are my favorite episodes. They're so fun. I always learn something like that I had no idea about. Every time. And what I love, again, it takes me back to uh, my cousin JD just recently wrote a blog post, and I didn't read the whole thing, but it was about how we take one verse in the Bible, the one verse that talks about women submit yourselves to your husbands, Mm. and go crazy over it when there's five or six verses that are written specifically to the husband and are written more harshly to them than the one written (laughs) to the wife, right? But we, we just hone in on that. And because of that one verse in the Bible, we want to pretend that God belittled women mm-hmm. and he did has not no use for women. Remember we, we are the, the helper. What was that? That Acer. was the, the Acer, right? And he, his will could not be done without the Acer. And yeah. the Acer is as important yeah. as the man. Yes. And these stories show that. Yeah. It shows that they suffered. It shows that they persevered. It shows that they were strong. It shows they were business women. Yeah. They were wives. They were moms. They were barren. They, you know, like there were so many things about them. They went to war. They, you know, were nameless Mm -hmm. because it didn't really matter who they were. It Mm -hmm. was their story that really mattered. Right. Right. Like we've talked about so often, it was the character that was in their spirit and in their heart. That's why they were chosen and mentioned. Yes. God was like, I see something in you that I can use even before you do a single thing to try to. Work your way yeah. into my good graces, yeah. Yeah, which is Absolutely. impossible. So good. Love so it. that's why we spend a whole year talking about the Bible <laughs> in an episode every series. Like there's just and not running out anytime soon. They yeah. were strong, strong women. Yes. Yes. Even a young maid, good even show. a woman that sells purple, purple linens. That's and, right. Yeah. And a woman who's just desperate to have a son to be considered in the world's eyes, mm-hmm. a woman, somebody. Mm-hmm. Yep. But... So good. Awesome. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Women in the Bible. Next week, we will be doing Doing our our everyday woman interview. Everyday woman interview. And then we'll wrap up. Bracket. Yes. And then we'll wrap up with a deep dive. Perfect. All right. Well, have a great week. All right. Bye.